Welcome, and thank you for listening to this presentation hosted by the Center for Catholic Studies, located at Durham University in Durham, United Kingdom, a center for Catholic theology in the Public Academy. For more information, visit our website at www.centerforcatholicstudies.co.uk or follow us on Twitter at CCSDHAM. The following lecture was presented in July 2019 at the Biennial Conference on Catholicism, Literature, and the Arts, organized in partnership by the Center for Catholic Studies, the University of Notre Dame, and Ushaw College. The following is a reading of poems by Maria Apicella, taken from her work entitled Psalmody, winner of the Melita Hume Poetry Prize. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for those very kind words. My head is massively expanded. <laughs> I hope to do justice to, to, to the build-up to that. Um, thank you so much for being here. I hope you can all hear me, and I hope I don't deafen you. So please wave if you can't hear me. I have quite a soft voice, but I'll try and uh, speak up. Uh, so the first three poems that I'm going to read are very much inspired by Psalm uh, 1, which, of course, is the psalm that lays the foundation um, of the entire book, which talks about the divide between the, the, the wicked and the godly, the blessed and the wicked. And um, it's an incredibly didactic and powerful poem, and I was absolutely fascinated by it. And these poems sort of came out of my experience of living... I, I used to live in halls of residence as a, as a um, live-in helper, so if there was a problem to the students in Aberystwyth, and so of course there are all sorts of problems. It was very dramatic lots of the time. Um, but the other wardens that I lived with, uh, we had massive differences on, of opinion on absolutely everything. <laughs> so uh, these poems really came out of, of that, and because we had all these shared exper experiences of getting up in the middle of the night and helping people in, in crisis situations, we bonded and we were incredibly close with each other, and yet really butted heads over all sorts of issues. Um, so these, these poems, these next three poems, really explore that, those sort of issues which are found in Psalm 1. And they're not titled. Uh, I, I hate titling poems. I struggle with that. Terrible at finding titles. But because I was inspired by the Psalms, I thought I can just use numbers because that's what they do. So this is number 19. Blessed are they who are picky with friends who turn people like peaches in the hot slant of a fly-flicked market. They are a flask of chilled water poured into empty cups, a bowl of washed apples next to puffs of pink candy floss, a stone in our shoe slowing us down, a splinter of mirrors, our view. What is this word, bless? A word I finger about, thick segments of oranges arranged on a blue plate. I spit sour flesh, pips for the juice, chewable, drinkable sun. Who are these wicked I must avoid to be blessed? Is David wicked? Am I blessed? Father, you are made of passion in all its bitter green flavours. This I've known from childhood. 
you make and remake all things willing to be touched. Do not make me reduce my heart, eyes, thoughts to us, them. I know no assassins in this corner of Wales. I have done no serious harm with these hands. Yet in my mind I have denied, cheated, stultified. Um, so as, as Elizabeth said, uh, these poems are mostly from the, the women's, the female speaker's perspective. She, she is very passionate about her faith and of course David is the total opposite. Um, I tried to write poems from his perspective, uh, but my tutor said that, stop it, don't, don't do that. <laughs> he said that it sounded really phony. So, um, so the way I got round that was by um, having the female speaker paraphrase him and sometimes quote him. So this is a David's response. I'm both bull and lamb, David says. Not good, not wicked, like you. Our longings pattern parallel lines. Don't enclose me in your boxed-up words. He is right about so many things, more clear and kind than I. And yet, he says, I do not fear what I cannot see. I trust in bodies, minds, soil. Why should I twist to spirits? Why? David's a good man, soothing as tea, strong as a leather armchair, tenderly rational. He makes your name a litany of bywords when he trips on concrete, slops milky oatmeal on the floor, or at a joke I tell badly. I do not touch. I'm not a sour record keeper. He won't be defined, just love. We will be parted. What then? Who is he in darkness? Who am I at dawn? <coughs> so these next two poems uh, are not inspired by the Psalms, actually. Um, they, they were inspired by Deuteronomy chapter 28, which is all about blessings and curses. And it's an incredible list of all the different ways you will be either blessed or cursed if you obey or disobey God. And I've always been fascinated by the physicality and, and the description and the detail of those lists. So uh, this is my own version. If with your throat, fingers, bowels, you choose to fully follow, blessings will sprout like Queen Anne's lace, escort you as scent, blackberries, Welsh rain, stone. You'll be blessed in Aberystwyth, in the bathroom, the lyrics on your screen, the extension of your mind, every page of every hardback you skim, all your friends, your flat pack deck, Keys, green lamp will be hallowed. When you sleep, rise, and on it goes. 
If with your throat, fingers, bowels, you choose to play games with Yahweh, cherry-picking principles, curses, like athlete's foot, will spread from your souls. You will be tormented in Aberystwyth, <laughs> in the bathroom, the language on your screen, the procedure of your mind, every page of every book you absorb, all your people, your desk, keys, your green lamp will be troubled. You will be cursed when you start, when you finish. David cocked his eyebrow. So primitive. <laughs> Bless me, please. Curses are little weights and I'm heavy enough. Tip blessings on me when I'm outside. Throw them at me when I arrive at the door. Slip them into my tea when we meet. Stir them into my words. Dunk me in pools of blessing. Stuff me like olives. Rub them into the skin of my hands. Multiply within my life like cells in my bones. Let them rise before me like fog. Grow under my feet. Shoot back at me when I sneeze. <coughs> so this next poem uh, is number 74. And um, you might hear echoes of Psalm 121, which is, um, I lift up my eyes to the hills. And there's a particular line in there which talks about how uh, God will not let our foot slip when we're climbing up mountains and struggling. And I just, I just love that, the image of not letting your foot slip. And as I said, I lived in, in Aberystwyth for 10 years. And of course, I spent a lot of time walking and driving up hills, up and down hills. Um, I learned to drive there. And so I really fell in love with the landscape. And that was kind of why I stayed there for such a long time. And I was very I was heartbroken to leave. Uh, so this is uh, really a celebration of the, the landscape, uh, among other things. Steering round roads, flagged by associations, I see pieces of bone in the hills, woven in grass and stony gristle along the paths. A jaw lies open in the stream. I have been up here before, and I'll go again. Down here, I lift up my eyes to the relics in the hills, to a tractor boy grown up who winced as he flattened the things around him. <coughs> he stood with me in the valley, faced me in the bracken, bellowing not for the divine, but for me, his canticle the call of imagined water. He was born with suspicion in his throat, I kinetic with spirit. Together we traced the borders, trod the foothills, rolled the foam-flecked waves, 
the gritty beaches, the salt-cold depths of his home. He wanted to be a dragon-tailed warrior. He spoke in a language I could only feel. There are bones in the memory of that boy who shambled off to war, no forwarding address. I stayed here, hovering steep on the brink, jittery with my own longing, which he pressed into me, a recurring pain, searing the dark tissue, the marrow, the cells of all the guts I've got. My foot would have slipped, but the rescuer was already there and knew the whole boring story. He caught me like a scent, a look. So uh, these last two poems, um, I don't really have anything much to say about them apart from they're my favourite, really. <laughs> I like to read them. So, I think someone gave me good advice when I was starting off when I was trying to write poetry originally, and they said to just write the kind of poems that you would like to read. So that's what I've attempted to do, and I'm very grateful that other people like them as well, like some people. So that would be my advice to you, to those of you who, who are and want to write poetry. Write what you like to read. A daily assault clips each turn of thought. The only escape is unreasonable. I give thanks to the vanilla wafer saviour. I've chewed, swallowed since turning seven. With all the words I know but can't say, I'll speak. I'll step into the gritty wind of acclamation that hurts like sandpaper. My only escape is to sing without shame, to show an ecstasy though I cringe Britishly in a queue, to dance like a Hasidic Jew though I'm Gentile as Jane Austen, to praise a presence I can't see for nothing. There's the rub. There's no guarantee this praise will bring him back to me. God, you're no genie, but a lamp. Under your light, I'll empty the congealed honey in me. So this last poem, uh, I thought I ought to read it because we're in Durham, which is one of the most incredible cathedrals in the world. And I wrote it um, where I live, where my family live, in uh, Bury St. Edmunds, which also has a cathedral, which isn't as grand as this one, and also didn't actually have a tower for many years. Uh, they got some money you know, I think about 10 years ago and built a tower. Uh, but throughout my teenage years, if I had some kind of issue, I would go and light a candle. I don't know why. I just felt, it felt doing something physical like that uh, was always helpful to me. So I'd always go in there, light candles. And then this poem, it's probably the easiest one, it just sort of came to me, I didn't really struggle over it. Um, maybe I should have, anyway, we'll see. <laughs> Number 72. The card says, light a candle to represent your prayer. 20 pence for a wick, a flame, a quiet corner. Let David go in silence 
like smoky lavender. Let your pain melt down into waxy little stalactites. Tomorrow morning, it will be grated from the iron rack by the verger. I don't have time for candles. Stand back. Open both the doors. Clear the altar. I'm coming up the aisle, dragging an uprooted oak, a can of paraffin. My prayer will burn for days. <laughs>